So we're in week number two of our series on generosity. Obviously, we started this last week. I just felt that God was leading me to talk about this, especially uh, in between the holiday season or the holiday of Thanksgiving and Christmas, where for whatever reason, we go above and beyond to express thanks. You know, the, the other times of the year, we're not really that grateful or we're not really that generous. But, but for whatever reason, during this time, it, we seem to be focused on generosity or we focus on giving thanks. And I just feel that like it was very uh, timely to do a series on generosity because God is a generous God who has called us to reciprocate the things that, that He is doing in our lives. For example, God is generous to us with His love, with His kindness, uh, with forgiveness, with His mercy and grace. And as generous as He is to us, what He is asking us to do in return is to express what He's doing in our lives into the lives of other people. For us to express forgiveness, for us to express kindness, for us to express acts of generosity, for us to express acts of love. Those are the type of people that we are to be. And I want to start this morning. Last week I taught you about... Um, a heart of generosity, that that's where it all starts. When I talked this morning about, about how God wants us to be generous and how He actually will bless us when we are generous, the motive has to be coming from the heart. We have to have a heart of generosity. It can never be about uh, we're being generous because we want God's blessings in return. We can never be generous because we're trying to manipulate God into, into fulfilling His promises. It all has to come from a heart, a joyful heart, a willing heart, a, a selfless heart, a heart that's intentional in giving, a heart that expresses gratitude and thankfulness, a heart that when we give, that we're not looking for anything in return. We're just giving because God has given to us. And so I want to start this morning by, by kind of getting your attention with this statement right here. And that is that God loves everyone equally. He loves all people equally. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how bad you've messed up, what kind of sin you've gotten in. God loves all people equally. But God does not bless all people equally. God only blesses a certain type of people. And the type of people that God blesses is generous people. That's the title, that's the topic that we're going to look at today is that God blesses generous people. I think all of us want to be a people that God blesses. We all want God's blessings to fall in our lives and to, and to always surround us and go with us wherever we go. And it can happen for everyone, but it doesn't just happen to anyone. It happens to people who are generous all throughout the Bible, it speaks how, of how God blesses generous people. I have six passages here that I want to read to you real quickly. From Jesus to uh, the wisest man in the Bible other than Jesus, Solomon. There, uh, in the Old Testament, you're going to find this. In the New Testament, you're going to find this. All throughout the Scripture, you're going to find how God blesses generous people people. Here's the first reading. We read this last week. Acts chapter 20, verse 35. The apostle Paul is speaking here. Actually, it's Luke speaking, but he's quoting what Paul had said. And he says this. He says, I have been given a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. You should remember the words of Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. There is more fulfillment in giving than in receiving. There's more joy in giving than there is in 
receiving. Jesus said this, it is more blessed. You're going to feel more fulfilled. You're going to feel more um, um, uh, gratitude. You're going to feel more grateful when you give than when you are receiving. Jesus also said this in Luke chapter 6, verse 38. He said, give and you will what? You will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more running over and poured into your lap. The amount that you give will determine the amount you get back. Once again, God blesses generous people. Then we get into Proverbs. The Solomon, who is, who's known as the, the wisest man in history, obviously other than Jesus, he says this, he says, blessed are those who are what? Now, now I'm just trying to, I know when I said a while ago that God doesn't, ble- God doesn't um, bless all people equally. He only blesses people who are generous. Some of you like, I, I don't know about that. So God really does bless generous people. Now I'm trying to show you several passages in Scripture before I even get into my message just so you can understand this is what the Bible teaches that God blesses people who are generous. Blessed are those who are generous because they feed the poor, because they take care of other people, because they help other people, because they're kind and compassionate, just like Jesus was kind and compassionate. Proverbs 19.17, Whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord. And He, speaking of the Lord, He will do what? He will reward them for their generosity. Once again, God blesses generous people. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 through 10 says this Honor the Lord with your wealth, which is your income, and with the best part of everything that you produce. Then He, the Lord, will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. Now, there's a good chance that not many of us have barns and not many of us have vats, but this was kind of like the economic system um, in the days when this was written. Agriculture, uh, um, vineyard, I don't know what, it, what that's called, but anyway, uh, growing things. So, so the Lord was, was teaching them something that they could relate to as far as economics, their income. And so, so God was saying, if you'll, if you'll honor me with your income and with the best part of everything that you produce, I'm going to make sure that your barns are always full and that your vats are always going to overflow with not just wine, but, but, but some good wine. Okay, so God is saying, I'm going to bless you when you're generous. Last one, Proverbs 11, 24 through 25. Give freely, and what's going to happen? I know you're hesitant to read it. You're thinking, I just put these words. This is the Bible. Give freely. When, you, when you're generous, you are going to become more wealthy. And that doesn't always equate to, to money. But I would tell you this, that, that being rich in your marriage and being rich in your relationship and your family, you can't put a price on that. And that he's saying that when you, when you give freely, you're going to become more wealthy. God's going to bless you. But if you're stingy, you're going to lose everything. The generous, look at this, the generous, generous people will what? They're going to prosper. Those who refresh others, those who give to others will themselves be given to. They themselves are going to be refreshed. My point is this. We've just read six different places. It is true. There's a principle that's taught in the Bible, and that is that God blesses generous people. 
It's all through the Bible. I could have picked more places, but, but these are the ones that I wanted to share with you. God blesses generous people. Now, as I go through this sermon this morning, this is not a, this is not a give to get message. If, if you give because you're trying to get something, your heart is in the wrong place. This is, this is not a, a prosperity gospel. I'm not trying to preach something that, oh, if you do this, man, God's really going to bless you. That's not the goal behind this. I'm just trying to show you there's a principle that's found in the Bible that when we're generous, that God is going to make sure that we always have plenty so that we can enrich the lives of other people, so that we can expand His kingdom, so that we can be, do more to spread the message of Jesus Christ. God blesses generous people. All of us... Um, have limited resources. There, there's only so much that we have. Uh, we have limited time. We have limited energy. We have limited uh, money. We have limited um, opportunities. Um, we, are, we are finite beings. We only have so much. But when we honor the Lord with what He has given us, the God who has unlimited supply is going to make sure that we are always taken care of. So this is what I'm trying to teach us. And this is, this is a message. Like anytime you talk about generosity, anytime you talk about marriage, or there's a couple of other topics in the, in, in, uh, in the Bible, that anytime you talk about it, it can create an awkward feeling. It can create some uncomfort. But this is not a message that if you're not generous, I'm not trying, there's, there's not a, 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 a message of condemnation. I'm just trying to teach you that what, what you're missing out on by not being generous is God's blessings. So this is a message for you. It's a message to, to help you uh, be able to receive the things that God has for you and to live the life that He's called you uh, to live. As we get close to Christmas, I mentioned this kind of this um, illustration last week. Um, when you have kids, or, or if you're married, and you've got a good marriage, and you're going to get your spouse something for Christmas, um, the, you know that there's, there's joy that comes from getting your child or getting your spouse something that they've been wanting. And, and, and it's, if you're anything like me, I'm not, I like to wait to the last minute to get it, not because I'm a procrastinator, but because I'm not good at, at keeping surprises, at, at holding back the surprise. I'm the type of person that when I, when I get my wife something, especially, and I get it two weeks early, I'm like, here, I want to go ahead and give it to you. Anybody else like that? You're just Because you just want to see... The, the joy on their face when they open that gift because it's something that they've always wanted. Well, all of us, I think pretty much all of us are like that. When we get someone something, whether it's our child or our spouse or other family member, and they open up that thing that they've been wanting and they're just so excited, it does something to us. It brings fulfillment. You know why that, that happens to you like that? Because you were created to give. God designed you to be generous. God designed you to be a giver. That's why it feels fulfilling. In fact, everything that God created, He created to give. You look at the, the sun. The, the sun is an incredible object. That, that sun was created to, to give, to give light, to give, to give warmth, to, to even help with a 
you know, to help everything revolve and, and set calendars and times and various things. I mean, that, that sun was created to give. The stars were created to give, to be a guide and to be a light at night. Trees, I mean, you think about it. Trees give off oxygen. They give shade. They give fruit. Um, nuts. I mean, it's, it's incredible. God's creation, He designed everything to give. That's why when we give... It brings fulfillment. That's why there's, there's, there's satisfaction. That's why there's joy when we give because God created us to give. He created us to be generous. And I believe that when we learn to be truly generous by giving God our first and our best, whether that's money, time, or talent, then we will begin to experience God's blessings. Why and how do I know this? Because God blesses generous people. Now, you may be here this morning, you may think, well, Pastor Scott, I'm a generous person, and I'm not really experiencing God's blessings. In fact, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stress in my life. I'm always stretched for time. I've got a lot of financial strain, emotional strain, relational strain, um, strain in my marriage. Very, you, know, just, we're just, we, you may think that you're just not a blessed person. And to that, I would say this. There are a lot of people who think they are a generous person. But they're not truly generous according to God's standards for generosity. And God doesn't bless people who think they are generous people. God blesses people who are genuinely generous according to His standards. Those are the type of people that God blesses. Because I could ask you this morning, and there might be a few people who would just honestly admit, okay, I am just not a generous person. But for the most part, the majority of you, if I ask you, are you a generous person, you would probably say, yeah, I'm a generous person. But are you generous according to God's standards? So that's what I want to look at this morning. I want, I want us to look at God's standard for generosity. And I want to give you this morning five characteristics of a truly generous person according to the Word of God. Why are we doing that? Because those are the type of people that God blesses. He doesn't bless people who think they are generous. He blesses people who are truly generous according to His Word. So am I a generous person according to God's Word? What are the characteristics of someone who is truly generous? If you're taking notes this morning, here's the first one. Number one, Generous people give their first and best to God. Generous people give their first and their best to God. For example, every time a generous person receives income, a paycheck, increase, whatever, however you're measuring that income, every time a generous person receives income, they are going to give the first and the best to God. That's what a generous person does. Once again, we've already read this, but I want to read it again to, to prove this point. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9-10 through 10 says this, Honor the Lord with your wealth, that's your income, and look at this, and the best part of everything that you produce, and then He will fill your barns with grain, and your vats will overflow with good wine. 
A generous person is going to honor the Lord with their first and with their best. Well, how do we know which part is the first and which part is the best? How, how do we know how much is the first and, and which part is the best? This is where, and I don't even talk about this a lot just because it, it creates awkwardness, but if I'm going to teach the Word, I've got to teach it all, amen? This is where the practice and the principle of tithing comes in. Tithing is given 10% of all of our increase, all of our income, to God. God has given us a tangible way of, of measuring what is the first and, and what is the best. As a matter of fact, I want to give you a couple of, of places in the Bible that actually talk about that tithing. And the first one is Leviticus chapter 27, verse number 30. It says this, a tithe, and a tithe is simply 10%. 10%. A tithe of everything from the land. Now, once again, he's dealing with, with farmers and people in agriculture. So this is, the, this is the, um, the illustration that he uses here. He says, a tithe of everything from the land, whether it's grain from the soil or whether it's fruit from the trees, it belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. In fact, not just the tithe belongs to the Lord, actually it all belongs to the Lord. I believe, and this is not in your notes, and, and please don't look right now to try to correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I believe it's in Psalms 34. I think that's right, but it says that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. it it's all God's stuff. Everything, even if you think that you've worked for it and you've earned it, the Bible says that it's the Lord who gave you the power to get wealth. And by the way, it's Christ who holds all things together. I mean, if, if, if God is not in the picture, there's nothing. You have nothing. But this is just a, a passage that's teaching us to give back the first 10%, return that first 10%. It all belongs to God, but He's just asking for the first 10% to be given back to Him. And when we see this, even a lot of people argue like, well, that's, that's under the law. We don't have to do that anymore. Actually, it's, it's not... It was, it was given before the law was even given. Actually, you even see this as early as God creating man and woman and putting them in the garden. He said, out of all the trees you can freely eat, just, just don't touch this tree here because that one's mine. That's, that's the tithing concept. That one belongs to God. That's His part. It's actually all God's, but, and I can enjoy all this other, but that, that one right there, that's to be set aside. That's holy to the Lord. So we see this, this principle, this practice of tithing. Here's, here's another passage, Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 23. I like the way the Living Bible reads. It says, The purpose of tithing, giving you the first 10% of your income, is to teach you to put God first in your lives. In other words, it's a tangible way of showing that you truly trust God. Anyone can say that I trust God. Are y'all following me? Any, anybody can say that. Oh yeah, I, tr I truly trust God. But tithing is a tangible way to show that you really trust God. And we're going to get into this in the coming weeks. Even Jesus himself said, no one can serve two masters. You can't serve both God and mammon. And mammon, some translations say money, but really it's, it's more than just money. It's, it's the spirit of wealth. It's the spirit of materialism. It's the spirit of always wanting more to satisfy you. And so Jesus is given this teaching, like you can't, you can't do that. Either you're going to serve me or you're going to serve money or materialism. 
And Jesus talks more about money than really any other topic because he knew that money would be the number one competitor for our hearts. We all love money. I mean, we can, we can act like we don't, but, but we do. We like money because with money, it, it brings security, or at least we think it does. When there's money in the bank account, we feel, we feel good. We feel like things are safe. But in reality, I mean, if, if the American dollar lost its value overnight, you've got nothing. So, so what God is trying to teach us through this principle of tithing is that when you honor me with your, with your first 10%, what you're saying is, I truly trust God. So tithing teaches us to put God first in our lives. I was, I was researching some statistics this week, and, and sadly, statistics show that only 12% of Christians actually tithe. Only 12% of Christians give their first and their best to God. On average, the average percentage that is given by, by uh, the Christians today is 2.5% of their income. Now, I want you to think about that. This was, this was for the year 2018, that 2.5% is what um, the average Christian gave, or that was the average percentage that was given, 2.5% of their income. The Israelites, under the law of Moses, gave 10%, which means that the Israelites, under the law of Moses, gave four times more than the Christians are today under the grace of Jesus Christ. That's That's saddening. In fact, I was even reading this, and, and I forgot when, the, when was the Great Depression? Late or early 30s? Late, somewhere, anyway, a long time ago. Did you know that, and I forgot the number, I want to say it was like 3.5% or 3.6, but the average Christian gave more of their income, a, great, a higher percentage of their income in the Great Depression than the Christians are today. This is, this is how, how sad and this is how, how far we've stemmed away from truly trusting God with the first and the best. But generous people give their first and their best to God. Generous people are tithers. And God blesses generous people. One more scripture under this point, then we're going to move on. Malachi chapter 3, verses 10 through 12, it says this, bring all the tithes, bring, bring the 10%. He's talking to uh, uh, the people of Israel. And once again, this is how they took care of things back then was with crops and various things. And he says, bring all of this, bring the 10% into the storehouse so that there will be enough food in my temple. And then he says this, speaking of how God blesses generous people, if you'll do this, if you'll bring that 10% in and, 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 and give, it to, give it in my temple, give it to the church, give it to God. He says, if you'll do this, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. And I will pour out a blessing so great that you won't have enough room to take it in. And then he says, just try it. Try and see if I don't honor my promise. Put me to the test. He says, your crops are going to be abundant. For I'm going to guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes are not going to fall from the vine before they're ripe, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. God is saying, if you'll trust me, if you'll honor me, if you'll give me your first and your best, I'm going to make sure that you're taken care of. And not only will you be blessed, but other nations are going to look at you and see how blessed that you are. And they're going to say, who is this God that you serve? 
God blesses generous people, and generous people are people who honor Him by giving Him their first and the best of their income. Number two, second characteristic of a truly generous person. Generous people give on a consistent basis. They give on a consistent basis, not just when it's a special occasion, not just, you know, when the, you know what, I got a little extra this week, I'm going to give. They give on a consistent basis. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 1 through 2 says this. Paul is talking. Remember last week I taught you about, um, uh, it was in chapters 8 and chapter 9, about how Paul was writing to the church at Corinth, and he says, you know about this offering that we're going to be taking for the church of Jerusalem? Y'all remember that, right? Okay, so he's, he's kind of reiterating this point. He says, regarding your question about the money being collected for God's people in Jerusalem, you should follow the same procedure that I gave to the churches in Galatia. On the first day of each week, you should each put aside a portion of the money that you have earned. So Paul is saying it needs to be done consistently. When you're going to give to the Lord, when you're going to give to the church, it needs to be done on a consistent basis. On the first day of each week, or you could say it like this, whenever you get paid, whenever you receive income, there are some people in this room today who get paid weekly. Some people get paid bi-weekly. Some people get paid once a month. Some people, if you work for yourself, you may not get paid you know, for, for a month or so, depending on how many jobs you've done. And then you, you send out invoices and then whenever that money comes in. But whenever that it comes in, a generous person is someone who right then will give the first and the best to God. They give on a consistent basis. Not from what is left over. And there's another principle that, and I don't mean to just beat this point in the ground here, but all the way back to the first man when Adam and Eve with, 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 with Cain and Abel. There's a, there's a principle there that Cain, the Bible says that Cain brought some of his crops. You could kind of say it like it was what was left over. So like he didn't want to give the best. He gave what was left over. And Abel brought what? He brought, the, he brought his best. He brought the firstborn of the flock. Whose offering was acceptable? Y'all know this story? It's in the Bible. It's a... <laughs> He accepted Abel's gift because he gave his first and his, his best. So we don't give from our leftover. We don't give what's left over. We give on a consistent basis. Every time I get my check, the first 10% is going to God on a consistent basis. This is what a generous person does. They give on a consistent basis. Number three, a generous person gives in proportion to their income. And what I mean by this is that as their income goes up, they, they give more. Not just the amount, as in 10% is always, you know, as your income goes up, that 10% is always going to be more of 10% of something that was less. But the percentage that they give goes up. That's what a generous person does. Uh, let me give you a, an example. Let, let's talk about in this, the same idea of, of tithing for just a moment. Let's say you have two people. One person makes $40,000 a year. And we'll see how, how sharp you guys are at math. 10% of that is what? $4,000. So their, their tithe is going to be $4,000. Now you've got another person, and both of these people love God. Now you've got another person who's making $400,000 a year. I know, let's just think about that for a second. Let's just dream. Wow, that's... All right. That person's tithe is going to be what? 40,000. Okay, now let's take what's left over from each of those. The person that's making $40,000, when they give their first 10%, now they have $36,000 to live on. 
right? This person over here who makes $400,000 a year, they gave $40,000, that was their tithe, now they have $360,000 left to live on. How many of you would like to try to get by on $360,000? Okay, I know, I would. All right, okay. A generous person is not someone who just looks at it as a, the tithe as a bill and says, okay, yeah, I've got that, I got that checked off now. Now we have $360,000 to do whatever we want to do. A generous person is someone who understands that God does not prosper you just so you can raise your standard of living. God prospers you so that you would also raise your standard in your level of giving. And now, it's not wrong to have nice things, okay? But if, if you have nice things and you're not generous, then those things have become your gods. And not God being your, your God. So a generous person is someone that, that as, as, as their income goes up, so does their percentage of giving. Tithing is just the starting place. So as God gives you more, you're going to give more away. Let me show you a scripture for this. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 11. It, Paul says this, You're going to be enriched in every way. Why, why is God going to bless you? So that you can always be generous. And see, this is, I, just, I just want to help someone this morning. And please hear my heart. I'm just, I'm just trying to help us, okay? If you're saying, God, I want more, 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 but you never have the heart to want to give, there's, there's no reason for God to bless you. Because God doesn't bless us just so we can hoard things up and have more stuff and build our kingdom. He blesses us and increases our, our income so that we can increase and influence His kingdom. And really what we're doing, and we're going to get into this maybe next week, really what we're doing is we're, we're storing up treasures for ourselves in heaven. We're pushing it forward. It's almost like you're talking about a retirement plan. That's your retirement plan. You're storing it up, not, not for your last 15 or 20 years on this earth. You're storing it up for all eternity. So God doesn't prosper us just so I can raise my standard of living, but also my standard of giving. Think about that. And there's, there's times, and I, I, just careful how I say this, because I, I never want it to come across as, as weird, but you know, I have a set income here at, at the church. So it, that doesn't change. Now, now, my wife's business, hers fluctuate based off of students and things like that. And, and there's been times where we've been able to give 23% of the income. Right now, you know, business is not as good, so it, it goes back down. And, and it's a humbling, it's a humbling um, thing. But, but what God is trying to teach us is that He doesn't bless us just so we can have nice things. He blesses us so that we can give more and impact in a greater way the kingdom of God. So generous people give in proportion to their income. Number four, kind of along the same lines, generous people give sacrificially. Sacrificially. Look at this, this teaching that we have in Mark chapter 12, verses 41 through 44. Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple. I, I, every time I read that, I think, how odd would that be today? If, if, if Jesus is following the ushers around, watching who's giving, who's, who's not giving. I just like, hey, you giving? Yeah, what are you, how much you giving? Anyway, that's, you can laugh or not laugh. Uh, Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple and watched as crowds dropped in their money. And by the way, he is watching, so any, just thought I'd throw that out there. 
many rich people, now this rich is talking about here, they had, they had a lot of money, okay? They put in large amounts, and thank God for large amounts. I mean, that helps us do things in the church, helps us, you know, to uh, pave parking lots and, and uh, do things, a greater outreach, give out backpacks and various things. Many rich people put in large amounts. Then a poor widow woman came and dropped in two small coins. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, let me tell you the truth here. This, this poor widow, what's this, has given more than all the others who are making contributions. Now remember, these other people, they're making some large contributions. And Jesus is saying this woman has given more? Was she given more? Was it a, was it a higher dollar amount? He says, this woman has given more than all the others who are making contributions, for they gave a tiny part of their surplus. This goes back to the uh, generous people give in proportion to their income. They had a lot of extra. Well, you know, this, is not, this isn't really going to hurt my pocketbook if I give this. Yeah, I can spare $100. I can spare $1,000. I mean, I've got, you know, $10 million in the savings. <laughs> I, I, it's not going to hurt me to give $1,000. Says they gave a tiny part of their surplus, but she, as poor as she is, has given everything that she had to live on. Here's the principle: generosity is not about the amount that's given, but the sacrifice that was made to give that amount. It's about the sacrifice. And here's we we wrestle with any time that we get money, we, we wrestle with selfishness, we wrestle with greed, we wrestle with materialism. I mean, we want, we want, we want, we want. It's always this, uh, no offense, Heather and, and Alex there. It's, a, it's like we try to keep up with the Joneses. Their last name is Jones, by the way. And it's not like we're trying to, it's just to say, y'all have heard that saying before. Y'all was looking at me like, what's he talking about? It's like we have this, we want to keep up with the Joneses. Well, man, they've got a nice house. Oh, I want a nice house like that. I want, I want a swimming pool like that. I want, a, I want you know, a garage. Man, I want, ooh, I want that kind of car. Have you seen that latest? Man, that's, and it's all about me, 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 me. And what happens is, and I know I, I'm, I'm teaching here. I'm trying to help you. I know it's just, this is going to be like a dagger in your heart. You're going to be like, oh, please shut up, Pastor Scott. I don't want to hear this. But, but what happens is the reason people aren't tithers today is because they, get, they spend everything that they make on pleasing themselves. Bigger house, nicer car. There goes the car payment, way up here. Designer jeans, designer clothes, shoes, iPhone 11s, you know, because that iPhone 7, that's just, it's out of style. Got to have iPhone 11. And what happens is we, we, we financially strain ourselves by getting things that we want, and now we can't afford to give to God. And we say, oh, I'd love to give. But I just don't have the money to give. You know, I had to talk with a board well, I shouldn't say that. I had to talk. It's not a current board member. That's just all that. I, it, well, it's just, anyway. I had to talk with somebody one time. I've got myself in a pickle. <laughs> we'll, we'll just, we're not going to air this. Um, um, and I had to talk to them about tithing one time. And they're like, you know, the, I, just, I just don't have the money. And I'm like, listen. I wasn't trying to be rude, but I said, the 10% is always there. When you, get, when you get your paycheck, you get 100%. 10% is always there. It's just a matter of what we're doing with that 10%. It's, it's always there. 
And what we've got to learn to do is prioritize God's kingdom. And I'm, try, I'm trying to help you. If you'll prioritize God's kingdom, if you'll seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, if you will trust God, you say, well, Scott, how am I going to do this? This is where faith comes in. You have to show God that you are truly trusting Him. You have to make some sacrifices. God, I know that I would love this nice car. But God, I'm going to learn to be content with what I have. Because I want to put you first. I'm going to drive this car until the, until the motor falls out from under the hood. I'm going to, yeah, it may be an old beat-up car, but it gets me to point A to point B. It may smoke a little bit, but the people behind me are just going to have to deal with it. Because I'm going to put God's kingdom first. Are you all hearing me this morning? It's about sacrificing. Sacrificing our kingdom for God's kingdom. Sacrificing what we want and putting God first. Amen. And once again, just as a, it's okay to have nice things. Some people are like, well, is it? Now I'm going to feel bad if I go out and buy something, if I wear nice clothes. It's okay. You can, you can have nice clothes. You can have a nice house. Just be generous. Because if you have those things and you're not generous, then God, God is not really your God. Amen. This is going over well. Number five. Number five. I hope y'all love me. And I, you have, if you want to go to heaven, you have to love me. All right. Here's the, thank you. Here's the, here's the fifth one. This, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time here because this is really what I talked about last week. But generous people give from the overflow of their heart. They have a, tithing is, they don't look at it as, as something that they've got to do. They don't look at it as a bill. They don't look at it as a, something that they're missing out on. They want to do it. It's, it's become second nature to them, if you will. They want, they want to give because it's, it's out of an overflow of the heart. They understand how much that God has done for them. They understand that everything that they have is because God has blessed them with it. And so it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a natural thing that's happened supernaturally, if that makes sense. It's like God has gotten a hold of our hearts and caused us to see His goodness and His grace and His mercy in our lives. And, 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 and it's out of that overflow that we are generous. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 and 2 says this, And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. We read this last week. In that the midst of a very severe trial their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty, two things that you don't see go together very often, welled up in rich generosity. Even though they were going through a severe trial and they were experiencing extreme poverty, it says here that they had an overflowing joy that welled up in rich generosity. Something was going on in their heart that made them want to give even though they themselves were experiencing a severe trial and extreme poverty. God was doing a work in their lives and they wanted to contribute to His mission. They wanted to help in the time of need. So as the five things we talked about last week, they gave joyfully, they gave selflessly, they gave willingly, they gave intentionally, and they gave thankfully. Every time that they would give, it was an expression of their love and their gratefulness to God. They had the heart of the Father and it was expressed through their generosity. These five characteristics right here that I just gave you are the characteristics of a truly generous person in God's eyes. 
Uh, now, you may have come in here this morning, you may, may have thought, and you may not even known what I was going to talk about today, but you may have thought that, that you were a generous person. Oh, I'm generous. You know, I, I love the Lord. I'm a, I'm a generous person. I come, you know, you know I, I get involved in worship. I raise my hands. I'm there every single week. But, you know, if, if God is not receiving from you financially, if you're not giving to God, you're not as generous as you think that you are. Because generous people will honor Him with their first and their best. Generous people are going to give on a consistent basis. Generous people are going to give in proportion to their income. Generous people are going to give sacrificially. And generous people are going to give out of the overflow of their heart. What am I teaching this morning? God blesses generous people. It's just what He does. But we don't give to get. We don't give out of manipulation. I don't want you to go home this morning and say, well, Pastor Scott just preached on this, so I'm, I'm going to start giving. No, there, there's got to be a, a work that's taking place. There's got to be a priority shift in your, in your mind, in your heart, that you want to honor God. You're going to sacrifice some things so that you can put God first. You're going you're to trust. I could tell you story after story this morning about some things that's happened in my life. Sometimes when I didn't think that I could give, but I gave in faith and trust in God. And God has never let me down. You cannot outgive God. God blesses generous people. So here's the question that we have to ask ourselves. If, if we're going to live a, a life that reflects Christ, if we're going to live a life that, that is truly um, a reflection of, of how Christ operated while He was on this earth, then we have to ask ourselves, am I a generous person? Because if we're going to live a, a life of a Christian and model Christ in everything that we do, we've got to be people of true generosity. Not according to our standards, but according to God. So we ask ourselves, do I give my first and my best to God? Am, am, am I a tither? Am I giving God my first and my best? Or am I just you know, throwing something in the offer plate when I, when I have extra? Am I truly trusting God? Am I consistent? Do I give consistently on a regular basis? Or just when I think that I have enough? Am I giving in proportion to my income? Am I giving sacrificially? And am I giving from the overflow of my heart? And if we can't answer those five questions with a yes, I'm doing this, then, then no matter what we think about ourselves, we're not generous people according to God's standards. And God wants us to be people who are generous. This, I know this is a heart check this morning. This is a heart check. But God wants us to love Him with our whole heart. God wants us to trust Him. Because when we're truly trusting Him, we have faith. Faith, it, you really can't have faith without a risk being involved. I mean, if, if you're just given when, when the money's there, there, there's no faith in that. And the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so we're going to learn to trust God. It's a heart check. Am I truly a generous person? Or am I more concerned with, with my needs than I am the needs of the Father and, and fulfilling His mission and accomplishing His plan on this earth? Let me pray over you this morning. Father, I thank You so much, Lord, for this time that we've been able to to learn from the Word of God. And Lord, I, I know that this is a tough, tough message to hear. God, for, for people who are not tithers, God, for people who are not givers, Lord, this is, this is tough. 
I've been there, Lord. I've been there before, Lord, when, when I wasn't trusting you with, with the first 10%. And when I would hear a message on it, God, I, I would want to, to give, but for whatever reason, I would always make up an excuse as to why I couldn't give. And Lord, I've put the word out this morning and I pray now that your word would just sink into our hearts and that it would take up residence this week and that, it, that we would meditate on what we've heard today. And that your Holy Spirit would just begin to take that word and just begin to shape it into our heart, begin to, to, to just water and, and fertilize that word so that it begins to grow. God, help us to not just be people who think that we're Christ followers, who think that we're generous, who think that, that we're um, being the salt and the light. God, help us to, to know based off of what your word tells us to do, what your word tells us that these people look like. Lord, I pray if there's someone that's in this room who's not given, Lord, I, Lord let, I, this is not a message of condemnation. This is not a message of guilt. This is not a message that says you're less than anyone else because you can't give or that you're not giving. God, that is not the message. And I just rebuke the enemy that would try to plant that lie into someone's mind this morning. Lord, this is a message of how you want them to trust you and how you want them to prioritize your kingdom and how you want them to put you first. And how that if they will do that, God, you're, you're always going to take care of them and you're always going to make sure that they, that they have plenty so that they can enrich the lives of others. And I just ask God that this morning that we would all just evaluate our priorities when it comes to being generous. And if we're not prioritizing your kingdom, God, that you would show us, God, the things that we need to implement and things that we need to weed out of our lives so that we can truly prioritize your kingdom and put you first. And we ask these things today in Jesus' name. Amen.